It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Dallas Cowboys got a big win going into their bye week. What does that mean about the future of this team and more? All that and more on this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how's it going today, sir? Victory Monday. Victory Monday. On a, it's on Halloween. A, on a, on a, on a, it's a Halloween on, on a week of a bye. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm doing great, man. I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? How you got Real quick, before we get into this, how was the game? Did you enjoy yourself? Yeah, so I went to uh, Bill's Packers on Sunday Night Football, and that was, first of all, that stadium, it was a zoo. It was so yeah. loud I couldn't hear uh, next to me, uh, the, the people next to me, and uh, Aaron Rodgers. Body language, not great, Landon. Not like, great, I don't know if you great. know, but, like, he does not talk to teammates. He just sits out there by himself in between timeouts. Seems like a, a really fun guy to play with. Yeah, uh, famously well-liked and well-loved by his uh, friends and family, Aaron Rodgers, uh, didn't quite have the body language in person that you expected, huh? Yeah. That's not no, a big surprise. No. Uh, Dallas can beat them pretty easily. We're we're gonna, find we're, out. We have plenty of time to talk about that yeah. game. Let's talk about what happened here in week eight. The Dallas Cowboys defeat the Chicago Bears 49-29. to 29. It was a, a weird game. Is that the best way to put it? Where the Cowboys jumped out to a big lead, the Bears battled back, and then the Cowboys took over that lead again and just kind of put this game away. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway from this game? <laughs> My biggest takeaway from this game was that uh, thank goodness I, I was just kept on thinking to myself, thank goodness I hedged all week about, hey, there's a chance that the Cowboys get out to an early lead and put Chicago into a bunch of awkward spots. The the ironic thing was is that they they did get out to this this big lead, but Chicago refused to change their game plan. And that's I think that the thing that was so yep. bizarre to me that I I don't know that I've seen is that for all intents and purposes, Chicago should have been throwing the football a lot more than they did, but they just refused to. And you know it it, it kind of worked for them to some degree, but obviously the inevitable problem with you know trying to run the football when you're behind happened where they ran out of time i mean they, they just it wasn't time the cowboys kept on scoring which obviously made things worse yeah, for them but but even if they hadn't it felt like you know chicago just simply ran out of time to score enough points we're seeing a kind of a weird trend with the cowboys defense like you can get them if you want to just run the ball like crazy but the problem is now that Dak is back, I don't know if teams can stick with the run as much, right? Because yeah. you can't trade touchdowns for field goals, right? And that's kind of what the Bears were, uh, we're trying. I think that's what they were doing more in the second half. But um, this Cowboys offense, when you pair them with this defense, they can really, really be hard to defeat. 
Uh, I Listen, I said this all week. If the Cowboys win this game, it's a game that they were favored, but if they take care of business, again, they covered the spread. They won by 20 points. I'll really start to view them as like a Super Bowl contender, even though it's just the Bears, right? But this is what good and great teams do. They beat the teams they're supposed to beat, and they really don't let them hang around. And the Cowboys did that. Yeah, the Cowboys didn't play with their food, as they say, right? Like yeah. it was, they put the team away, and then they kept on going, and they kept on coming after them. They didn't try to, you know, take the foot off the gas at all. Uh, yeah, we'll get into the offense and and what that what all that means. But I really feel like, uh, from a ten thousand foot view, just like where where this team is. Uh, they took care of business against two lesser teams. They didn't mess around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and frankly, you know, like this is a team, the Bears, where offensively they presented problems for the Cowboys just in, you know, running the football. And, and, and they they were strong in the areas where the Cowboys defense were, was weak, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they were still able to kind of come out ahead, and that just shows you the resilience of this team. All right, big picture. Before we get into offense and defense in this game, what does it mean for the Cowboys to be 6-2? and two? I, I, I want to keep pointing this out that we thought going into the season, if the Cowboys could be 5-3 and three going into their bye, that would be fantastic, right? You'd be putting yourself in a good position in the second half of the season. But to be 6-2 and two after losing your starting quarterback in week one, what does that mean? Uh, I mean, again, I, I... – I hate to keep using the word, but they talk about it, the, the word a lot. It's, it was, I think the, the t-shirt word, you know, that they have resilience. I, I just, the, the fact that they are so deep and so young and, and able to overcome so much, I think it just shows a great combination of, of talent and depth and coaching that, that was able to kind of guide them through all this. And, you know, look, if they can get through this bye week and, and kind of heal up again, uh, this offense can start kicking into that gear that we saw in this mm-hmm. game against the Bears. This is a team that you do not want to face the back end of the season, and and, and they could be potentially really dangerous going into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they're starting to play the type of football that translates really well to the playoffs, right? Like efficient passing attack, can run the ball with multiple running backs, can get stops on defense. They can create, you know, pressure with uh, with a couple different guys and Parsons and Lawrence. Like this is the formula to beating some really good teams in the playoffs. Got to admit, like this is the first time in a long time that I'm legitimately excited about what this team could potentially do in the playoffs. Even last year, like I thought they had some holes, you know, on their defense. I, there were some spots that you could get them. Not this year. Like this is just a. It's a really, really good football team. And it's a shame that they're playing in the NFC East where, you know, they're two and a half games back of the number one seed. They might be like the third or fourth best team in the NFL right now. Yeah. And that's the issue, right? Is because the Philly is, is just had such a, a a great run that 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 Dallas is still fighting for a wild card spot at this point. So, but you know, listen, that, that certainly won't, hadn't stopped other teams in the past before. And uh, it's certainly, Having the number one seed certainly didn't uh, didn't end up helping the Cowboys last year. Or, you know, certainly didn't having a top seed didn't help them very much. You yeah. know, so we'll see how. It all all right, up. let's talk about the Cowboys' offense. But before we do that, we want to let you know that this show is sponsored by Better Help Therapy Online. Unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual, so when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, 
secure and accessible anywhere, 100% online. Everyone deserves to feel their best. BetterHelp makes it easier to get started. As the world's largest therapy service, they've matched millions of people with professionally licensed embedded therapists available 100% online. All the benefits of in-person therapy, plus it's more convenient, more accessible, and more affordable. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searches for the right therapist. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. That is BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, let's start with the Cowboys offense. Dak Prescott was awesome in this game outside of one throw. Um, honestly, Land, this is the best I've seen him play in a long time. Like the first four drives of the game, up and down the field, scoring touchdowns, throwing into tight windows, throwing accurately, making plays with his legs. Like I thought he was phenomenal in this game. Yeah, I also think the play calling and the design of everything looked just as good as it's ever yeah. looked. You know, you saw more under center stuff. You saw more motion and shifts. Uh, Dak was able to get to everything very easily. Uh, you know, they were aggressive. Dak was aggressive. I mean, obviously that's even what happened in the interception. It felt like maybe he got a little too aggressive, uh, but they were attacking down the field. Uh, they had a, you know, a, a very, very solid run game, which allowed them to kind of open things up even further. Um, Dak was just seeing it and throwing it really well. And, and, and I think, you know, it's, I, I, I felt like after the at the end of the Lions game, he was starting to kind of feel it and get back into the rhythm of things. Yes. Uh, but you weren't exactly sure if, if, if it was going to kind of be a continuation when he went into the Bears game. But you go back and watch it. I mean, he was just masterful. Whether it was you know executing play action, like the, the some of the uh, uh, the ball work that he was doing and some of the handoffs and the play action stuff was incredible. Um, you know, I loved, like I said, some of the design stuff that they got for him, including that kind of split read uh, QB keeper stuff in the end zone that he scored his touchdown on. Uh, you know, it's just they they really were taking full advantage of Dak's skills. They were getting him out on the, on the edges and, and, and bootlegs, and he was mm-hmm. finding guys like that. Um, you know, just really such a great mix and match of scheme and 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 different things to kind of keep uh chicago's defense off balance i mean chicago's defense was the best part of this team coming in here they're they're not like elite or anything but they're certainly like middle of the pack defense and dallas just were just ripping them apart like for especially those first four drives um you know with just a balanced attack that was uh, slicing them up up the field uh, in the run game, just with huge chunks as the offensive line was blowing open huge holes and, and Pollard was obviously masterful throughout yep. the game. Uh, and then just using that to kind of uh, create play action opportunities, uh, create passing windows, and, and Dak was just slicing them with, with accurate passes almost the entire day. And, and you can see that this offense still has room to grow. Like, Yeah. We'll talk about Tony Pollard and stuff, but like Ezekiel Elliott, offer something different in this offense that they just didn't have yesterday on some of the short yardage stuff. Jalen Tolbert, uh, 
He was a little bit of a disaster yesterday. He ran a couple of wrong routes. He was in the way. I think if that's Noah Brown in there, the offense is just functioning a little bit better. Dalton Schultz still isn't 100% healthy, and you can see that. But, like, not to mention that they get Tyron Smith back at left tackle here in December. Like, this offense could be, again, one of the best in the NFL, and I think that's really encouraging for the Cowboys to play this well despite missing some pretty big people in the offense between Noah Brown and Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, you've got to feel good about what the offense looked like on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, I think you saw – and the, I thought the great thing about the run game in general too was that, uh, you know, if you've watched the last few weeks, you've seen a steady incline in the number of touches that Pollard has gotten. And this game wasn't like an exponential growth in that area. No, it was, the fact it was that very was similar to what he's been doing, right? Maybe he two, got, or, he got two more touches. two more carries than he did last week, yeah, you know? Exactly. And so – and I think it was just results based, you know, and, and, and I, and I like that. And I, and I think that, you know, there's, there's going to be all week, we're going to hear it about Zeke versus Pollard. So just go ahead and prepare yourself for it. But if you're asking me, I think what you're seeing is that as the season is going on, the percentage of these carries are slowly shifting, right? Pollard is continuing to get increases in touches as the season goes on. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was, you know, it's, it's been about 50, 50 these last few weeks anyways. So, well, it, uh, I, I was but, telling actually my brother who I was watching the game with yesterday. I said, you know, Mario? if you remove like <laughs> certain runs that Zeke gets, like the short yardage and the goal line stuff, I'm pretty sure Pollard has more touches this year, right? Like I, I, I don't want to call them like neutral touches, but that's kind of what they are. Like between the twenties, first and second down, they're pretty similar, and I think that's that's what I would like to see long term for this team. It's like. It, not have Zeke getting 17 touches and Pollard getting six. But, hey, if it's 14 for Zeke and 13 for Pollard, that's perfectly fine for me. Like, that's that's a good number for both of those guys. And if anything, what I think you want is you want Zeke taking the majority of the carries early in the season yes. so that Pollard is not incurring those touches on him through the season so that by the time the back end of the season, the playoffs starts, you've got as fresh a Pollard as you, as you want. That's why I think – you need both of these guys because yes. you don't want to have Pollard out there being your only back because you'll use him up like all running backs get used up. You want to extend the the window that you have a Pollard with juice. And by yes. doing that, you have to you you have to kind of be portion out his carries, not because he can't handle it or that he's having re, re, a reduce in You're in, saving in him from himself is really what you're doing. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that that's what the, the Cowboys are doing here. That's why they're going to continue to give the ball to Zeke a lot is because both of these guys are better when they have less touches on their body at the end of the Absolutely. season. And, and I think, you know, what I think that we have learned here is that maybe it's time to start thinking about getting Pollard heavy touches earlier in the game. Yes. Right, because I think it really did help, kind of get the offense in a roll early, and that specific game script is just very good for the Cowboys. And if they can get ahead, obviously it's even better for their defense. Now, we got to see a little bit more of Michael Gallup in this game. He looked a little bit better. The Cowboys did get him a couple of early game touches to get him going a little bit. Ceedee Lamb continues to be really efficient. I think he had seventy-four yards on seven targets. He's just not going to be one of these guys like Cooper Cup or Justin Jefferson that gets 13, 14 targets every game because Dak's not that type of quarterback, right? Dak is a very much throw it to the open guy, not going to force feed him. And that's, I mean, to his credit and to the Cowboys' credit, it's worked really well whenever Dak has been in the lineup. 
you know, they're a multiple formation team. They're not, you know, static 11 personnel where you're always going to have the same folks on the team. I mean, CeeDee Lamb is always on the field, it would seem like. But yeah. I think that the opportunities for everyone is are intentionally being spread around because they want it to be difficult for you to figure out exactly where the ball is going. Yep. So uh, I think that's kind of the main difference there. Um, we should talk about this just really, really briefly. Jerry Jones did make a comment about potentially making a move for a receiver um, after the game. From Just based on what you saw, do you think that's wise? Do you think they need a little bit more in this passing game outside of Gallup and outside of CD? I, 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 I want to know the names. You know, like, I, I don't know, because the names that I that are kind of being bantied about, it just doesn't make a ton of sense, right? Like, like Brandon Cooks is going to be too expensive, and I don't know if that fits Dak all that well anyways, right? Yeah. DJ uh, Moore seems like it would cost you a first-round pick, and I love DJ Moore. But that would be another guy that you're paying twenty million a year. Yeah, and in in you know it would in you know kind of require a certain amount of touches forced his way, mm-hmm. which I think uh, you know like uh, Elijah Moore is a guy who plays for the Jets. I can't imagine that the Cowboys are going to trade with the Jets. No, uh, I mean that's the one that would make a little sense if it only cost yeah. you like a second round pick because you could play him in the slot and stuff. But even then. I don't know how much the Cowboys want to go back to using a five foot eight slot receiver. You know, yeah. they've so. got one of those guys already that they're trying to work in. So uh, we'll see. Know, we'll see. I, I, to me, it just I can't come up with the with the with the right fit. If if there was a right fit, yeah, I think that this, this offense could maybe use one more uh, guy at least to kind of help facilitate things as uh, as Gallup continues to get healthier and healthier. But but I mean, I, I can't come up with a, a good fit right now. I'd rather add another offensive lineman to help you out. Maybe. Seriously. Maybe. Uh, All right. Let's talk about the defense. Uh, But before we do that, we want to tell you about Blue Nile. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile will then handcraft a perfect engagement ring in each ring being one of a kind, make your moment sparkle with BlueNile.com and Locked On Cowboy listeners will get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use promo code LOCKEDON. That is promo code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured. It ships free and it arrives in secret packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's talk about the defense, Landon. How concerned are you about their run defense after the Bears just kind of gashed them in this game? I'm... Only kind of concerned, honestly, because I need to go back and watch the tape. But to me, it just felt like those refs were not calling anything at all as far as holding goes. It felt like every single time I saw a run go to the edge, I saw 
especially on the kind of wide zone runs where they would cut back. It felt like I saw tackles grabbing our linebackers, not allowing them to change direction. I mean, listen, the Cowboys run defense has not been great. It's a weakness. I I don't know. I need to go back and watch. I want to go back and watch this all 22 tape because it just felt like there was just snap after snap after snap of terrible, terrible holding. Uh, And it was, you know, especially on the second level where, Guys weren't able to change directions to kind of get back to to fill the gaps on a on a bend back run. So I'm concerned. I, I I think, but I also think the other part about this is that I don't know that there's another team out there that's going to be able to run the football like this. Like well, I mean, and that's the thing is like when you get to the NFC playoffs, I think the 49ers are a bad matchup for the Cowboys, but their run game is completely different than the Bears' run game. Right, because yeah. the Cowboys had to honor Justin Fields and his That's rushing it. ability. And a lot of their long runs in this game came from Justin Fields. Jimmy Garoppolo isn't going to do that, right? Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, the Packers can run the ball really well. Aaron Rodgers is not going to kill you with their legs, right? So if you're only giving up you know, six, seven, and eight-yard runs, okay, it's not great, but it's also not back-breaking either. Justin Fields has the ability to turn a play into a 35-yard game with you know a blink of an eye why i'm not all that concerned yet not yet yeah it seems like there's a lot of circumstance there i just don't know that how many other teams that we play on the schedule are going to be able to replicate that kind of running game necessarily without incurring a bunch of penalties first of all and second i mean of all, eagles with, are with, probably the only other one right probably but but i don't i don't think hertz is hertz is not the same kind of athlete as fields i mean just no. they're different athletes and, and hertz is still a good runner not fields not to take that away but much fields will will yeah will will eat up yardage very quickly. Yep. So that's, I think, the main difference. Yep. Uh, we should also mention Damone Clark. Um, I mean, first yeah. of all, this is just crazy that he's even on the field and didn't practice at all in training camp, didn't play in the preseason, didn't play in the first seven games of the season. His first game active, he plays 40 snaps for the Cowboys on defense. Uh, and I think he was like their fourth or fifth highest graded defender. I don't want to say that he was like going to replace Anthony Barr, but he might replace Anthony Barr. Yeah, I mean, he, he was just, legitimately he just did. good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, you know, it's not like Anthony Barr was playing lights out. I mean, he's playing okay. It was up it's and fine. down at times. Um, and Damone Clark didn't play poorly. I, I thought, I mean, I, again, we'll go back and watch the tape to see how he played. But, I mean, look, I, I tweeted it after the game. I, I think one of the most interesting positions to look at after the on the other side of the bye this coming in is linebacker. What's going to yeah. happen here? Because you've got Damone Clark who came in and played those snaps. Anthony Barr's got some sort of hamstring situation. Let's see. We'll see how that kind of works itself out. Jabril Cox has not been able to get on the field for this entire year so far. Uh, and the fact that Damone Clark got in above him was mostly due to the fact that special teams, I would imagine, because he's mm-hmm. probably just a better special teams player already. But, I mean, the fact is, is that if you can't make Jabril Cox active, or I guess now that you, you could if you wanted him to play. So I guess the question becomes, is Jabril Cox behind Damone Clark right now in, in the kind of pecking order of just linebacker play yes that's something yes. we're gonna find out so um uh yeah i i think it's obviously an incredible story for damone clark what what a, what a comeback from from all this um and and to be able to go out there and play the way he did just shows you this what, what kind of person he is frankly yeah gotta feel really good about the cowboys young linebackers even though jabril cox isn't active like you have somebody who can play and the cowboys don't need him right now because van der Esch is playing well damone clark is back on the field. 
Uh, you've got safeties when everybody's healthy that can come and play linebacker. It's fun. Um, Micah Parsons, before we end. Wasn't super effective as a pass rusher. Only three pressures in this game. No sacks. Did draw a holding call. But every week he makes a play that is just shocking, right? And it's his hustle and his effort that ends up helping the Cowboys win this game. Last week it was the tackle uh, on the tight end at the one-yard line that saved the touchdown. This week he's rushing the passer against Braxton, Braxton Jones. He comes off of that, he recovers the fumble, and then he runs it in for a touchdown. I mean, even in games where he's having a quote-unquote down game, he just finds ways to make an impact. Well, let's also keep in mind, right, when he's having a down game and impact, it's because the offensive coordinator in the offense is going to monumental lengths to remove yep. him from the game, yep. right? They're two, occupying two, using two or three blockers. They're they're game planning around him. Frankly, I mean, part of what we just we talked about up front the the unwillingness by, of the Chicago Bears to start throwing the football. I mean, that has everything to do with 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 uh, you know wh- whether or not you know you're going to get a a, a face full of Parsons after yep. you try to drop yep. drop back. So. Uh, yeah, his presence was definitely felt. Obviously, the fumble return was just amazing. Incredible. Uh, it's, Incredible. It's, it's, it's really, really going to be hard to kind of keep him off the offensive side of the field uh, now after all that. He needs a touch, right? Uh, it was funny to hear uh, several different people talk on the offensive side, whether it was McCarthy or I think it was also Dak, saying he needs to work on his ball his ball security a little bit because he was definitely letting it hang there. But yeah. Uh, great, great job of getting getting down, and and you know, look, he he wasn't. It sounded like he wasn't aware that he wasn't down. So good, kudos to his teammates who were like, "Hey, no, 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 you're not down. Get up and run. Get up and run." Yeah, yep. And so uh, kudos to them to to kind of get there. This defense, I mean, is just so opportunistic. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there was another interception that that Diggs got that was called back on kind of a questionable roughing the passer call. Uh, so I, 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 you know, th- they did a great job of, of, of making the plays they needed to, uh, and, and, you know, obviously it was enough to win the game. Uh, yeah, it was, I mean, I think Parsons need the bye week more than probably any other player. Like it's clear he's dealing with some kind of shoulder injury going on. He's played a ton of snaps. I got a feeling he's going to look a lot different after the bye and the Cowboys are going to need him. you know, against green Bay, uh, in week was that week 10. Um, yeah. so a much needed bye week coming up for the Cowboys, uh, Layden, you and I, we're not going to be on a bye week. We've got lots to talk about this week between the trade deadline that's going to be happening on November 1st. That's Tuesday. We'll get a show out talking about some tra- targets, whether or not the Cowboys will make a trade. Uh, we're going to go over the film of this game, talk about more Damone Clark, how Jonathan Hankins looked in this one, and so many other storylines. We've got questions. We've got kind of NFC you know, preview after the first half of the season. So make sure that you are downloading and subscribing to the podcast. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I am at Marcus underscore Mosier. I think today is Halloween. I think uh, go enjoy. Yeah, it's, uh, there you go. Uh, for you that are listening to this on audio, you have no idea what you're missing right now. Enjoy uh, Halloween. We will see you guys next time. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 